Hey love, you're listening to the Luxury of Self-Care podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia. Each week, I'm recharging you with tips and engaging conversations, reminding us that finding luxury in our lives begins with taking care of the most important thing, Y-O-U. It takes persistence and spunk to be successful, but instead of living to work, let's work to live. You up for it? My answer is a clangorous, vociferous yes. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Ready to party. And for one moment, you get this amazing gift. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming. What, like it's hard? If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. How do we really feel empowered in our body, like whatever stage that is at and this pregnancy has been um, a practice in that. And I don't think it's always been easy. I think it was very hard at first and it's, it's evolved for me. It's been something I've worked on. It's been something I've talked about in therapy. It's been a process. And what I've heard too, is just like going through this whole process and going through labor and creating a child and having this human at the end of it, you know, my body will be what it'll be after that. It has been a, it's been a practice of self-acceptance. Hello, my love, and happy Thursday. That is a clip from today's guest, Emily Mara. What I really, truly loved about diving into this episode this week was because I felt like self-care is also body image. It is self-love. It is self-acceptance. And I think touching on that as someone that was in performance, as someone that was in theater, as someone that was a dancer and involved in fitness, it's something that comes up highly, highly requested for those of my listeners who already do have children or guests who are currently pregnant or listeners who are just thinking about pregnancy in general, it's a lot of self-love to be looking at your body expand and grow and like incubate a human. But at the same point, it's something that I personally haven't experienced and was so thrilled to be able to talk to Emily about this topic today and just thinking about like, what is it like to be in the workforce and what are the weird things about pregnancy and what are some tips you have for those of us who are currently pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant books of recommendation, belly butters, you know, all these different things that I think are wonderful topics to tune into. If this is something that is interesting for you, I think you're going to love this episode all the way through because Emily's just an amazing soul to begin with. She has so much wonderful things to offer pre-pregnancy and she's going to have a million wonderful things to offer post because she has a lot of stuff going on. If Emily brought you to the podcast today, my name is Anastasia. I am the creator and host of the podcast, The Luxury of Self-Care. We talk all about self-care from the inside out. It all starts with what you can do, what you're in control of is your reactions, your self-love, and your self-care. So we kind of bring on different topics, different ideas, and different tips when it comes to self-care and guests who have experience in those fields as well. 
If you do love this episode after listening to the whole thing and could do me a favor, hop on over to Apple Podcast, leave me that five-star rating. And if you have a brief moment to give me a review, it would just mean the world to me. If you're a fan and you don't know me in person, definitely find me on Instagram at rumor underscore in underscore St. Petersburg. I'll give you all updates on the podcast. I'll leave you all information in the show notes. You can find out about our Facebook page and all the other places you can find all things luxury of self-care. But if you do really love this episode and Emily brought you here, welcome to the podcast. So things can come up unplanned in life and changes not so easily accepted, especially when it comes to dealing with our own bodies. But within that, life gives us these little gifts of joy during pregnancy. All the things that I discussed earlier are extremely wonderful that you're going to hear throughout the episode, but you're also going to focus on the mental state of being pregnant and what that's like as your body physically shifts. Emily has lived many lives before landing on the one she is on now. She's a London-born, Vermont-raised world traveler who recently moved from New York City to Oakland, California in the midst of a pandemic and is currently in the process of starting a family with her fiancé. Being that she graduated with a BFA in musical theater, she spent the first part of her adult life performing and traveling until she eventually landed in New York City in order to be fully immersed in the musical theater melting pot. It was during this time in New York that she realized that she found herself moving away from the theater world and found herself in the world of movement and wellness as opposed to continuing the pursuit of theater. Through her work in various areas of the fitness industry, she has discovered that her mission in life is to help people feel seen and understood as they discover and develop the tools needed to feel motivated and empowered within their own skin. Being a natural giver, and we all love that she's a Pisces, another water sign just like me as a Cancer, she has spent many years working with individuals and groups with the intention of helping people to build strength from the inside out, just like our core values here on the luxury of self-care. She is taught from companies such as AKT, Anna Kaiser Technique, The Class by Taryn Toomey. She has taught and trained celebrities, danced on national TV, and has even appeared as a fitness instructor teaching a class on the HBO show Doll and M. Her hope is that throughout movement, coaching, and the integration of mindful techniques, she can help those she works with to have a deeper understanding of not only their bodies, but themselves. She has run her own personal training business by the name of M Power by Emily Mara for the past two and a half years and is currently working with virtual clients one-on-one -on -one in addition to teaching classes via her website, which will be relaunching bum, 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 at the end of the month. Emily has her personal training cert, her corrective exercise specialist, mental toughness course, and pre-slash-postnatal corrective exercise all through NASAM and TRX, in addition to Yale Science of Wellness Being course, REBT, and various healing modules. Check her out. I'm so excited for us to dive in. Let's welcome to the podcast, Emily Mara. 
Emily. Hi, Stas. How are you? Oh my God. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so good to see you. I know. So excited to have one of, I would say one of my dearest friends on the podcast, Emily Mara. We've been through so much together. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Stas. I wasn't really sure if I should prepare anything, but I figured we can just talk and let truth be whatever it is exactly know? yeah you have such yeah. a great podcast voice I just listened to a few of them oh you did yeah oh your podcast you. voice is so legit oh thanks Emily just recently left the east coast once more and moved out to California when did you move exactly I moved at the very beginning of July officially Right. And, was, and was out here for the beginning part of the pandemic. So like a month and a half when the pandemic first hit in, in March and then you went back, back. Mm -hmm. and then moved officially like out of apartment, out of New York City completely in at the very, very beginning of July. Yeah. Yeah. And then in California is actually where Emily and I met for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> what year was that? 2012? I think it was right around there, 2012. 2012. Yeah. Doing Legally Blonde, which was- <laughs> Legally Blonde in Santa Maria and Solvang. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That was really, I think like a highlight of my time in California. Just, I think the cast that we had in general, like some of the people that we worked with during that time, just like to see how they either evolved in theater, or just involved in life and the growth of each one of us. And that was like such a- like a stepping stone towards that growth, I feel like. Oh my God, totally. Yeah, it was a great, great cast. Not yeah. good. <laughs> really fun show. Lots of fun dancing, great choreography. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's such a, like you said, great cast. And then not only were we fun on stage, but there were some events that happened <laughs> off stage too. <laughs> and just going down to like beaches and stuff like that. But also there was a cute little downtown area in San Luis Obispo that oh, I love love slow love slow and because of that yeah yeah went out like so many times to all these different like theme parties we made up the theme each week and we would go to a bar with a made-up theme and be the only ones dressed up but like go all out it was a all great way to meet out. great way to meet people too oh amazing icebreaker it's like we'd show up and like all in cowboy cowboy west equestrian stuff and then yeah like, under the neon. sea we did an under the sea we did a superhero yeah i was there for the neon one because i was doing another show still so i had like that show on those nights and then a couple times i got to come in and jump in with y'all but like that neon night was so fun yeah yeah <laughs> very expensive very fun lots of pictures when instagram first started i, I had to scroll all the way back emily and i was like oh my god this is when Instagram began was during wow. that show. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And a lot yep. of posts that I was like, you get like four, relevant. four likes on a post. <laughs> <laughs> That's still what my life is like. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but yeah. it was such a treat. And then Emily was actually an East coast gal, just like myself as well. And then we ended up being together once again in Manhattan, in New York city. And I'll never forget like sitting outside of Ripley one day. It was like right before we were going into an audition and it was like the morning and we were waiting to see if we were going to get into the call or not. And you're sitting next to me and you're like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. 
I'll never yeah. forget that conversation. And I was like, I could never imagine not ever doing this. And it was like the first time that I had heard someone that I was like so tight with that I thought was so talented that like the world needed to see you on stage. And I was like, well, what, you know, what path are you going down? And that's kind of like the, when I noticed at least the segue of you going into fitness. More. Yeah, a hundred percent. It was, it was really interesting because of the cast out of the cast in, in Le Blonde, there were four of us women who moved to New York city, like pretty much at the same time. And I remember that you and, and our other friend, Jess and Sarah, uh, and Sarah were my audition buddies and, and yeah, and I was, I was going to all these auditions and it was kind of like sitting around looking at everyone who was, who so wanted to be there. And I just was realizing like, this is not, this is not my path anymore. Yeah. That must've been like big though. Like when you came to that realization, was it kind of scary to say it out loud or Yeah, I think it was, it was, it was scary and also freeing at the same time. Like whenever you come to a realization that is very definitive, it is one scary because it's like, what's next, but then it is also just freeing because it's making peace with the fact that that is not your path anymore. Exactly. No, exactly. And, and for those of those who don't know you personally, give us a little jolt of what happened and right after that moment and what your progress has been within the fitness community. Yeah. Um, well, leading up to that moment, I had always done dance. Dance was my number one thing. And then, um, musical theater is what I studied in college. I have a BFA and performed for many years out of college. But when I was in New York city and I came to this realization, I had also, you know, in between shows in my time in California, before I moved to New York had, um, just been interested in fitness and getting my certification. So I had gotten my personal training certification and group fitness and had started kind of like meddling in, in that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in between gigs and shows, I would train clients or uh, teach Zumba. Zumba, Zumba was my first certification. We used Zumba. to teach with you all the time on the weekend. Yes, that's right. We used, yes. When I was living in New York city, I was still auditioning, mm-hmm. um, And I ended up finding a company that was looking for dancers in the fitness industry. And I was just kind of like, oh, that's like, it's exactly what I, what I am. (laughs) I'm a dancer (laughs) in the fitness industry. And so I ended up auditioning for this fitness company called AKT, which stands for the Anna Kaiser technique. Anna Kaiser was a big celebrity trainer and pretty famous in the, in the fitness world. Um, and started a company because she was a dancer and she only hired dancers. So it was a really interesting way for me to transition into fitness where I could still like have my art. I could still dance. We did dance gigs. We performed on Live with Kelly and Michael Mm -hmm. through um, that company. Uh, You know, so I was still able to kind of like get the performance fix and um, feel like I was filling my cup in that way while also transitioning into a full career in, in fitness and wellness and working with clients one-on-one. Um, we were required to get a lot of certifications working for that company. So I got certified through the National Academy of um, Sports Medicine and have a corrective exercise um, certification. So really just kind of, kind of um, fell, I don't want to say fell into it, but I found an audition while I was still auditioning for something that really 
fit me at the time. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's truly like what we what we see too. We say like, what's your number one vocabulary? Is it song? Is it dance? And like yours has always been, I guess you could say it's not even just dance, but it's just movement in general. Like even when I knew you then, you were just like, I have to move. Like I don't work out because like I want a six pack and a, and a zero waist. Like that's a great great benefit. But like it wasn't because of that. It was because like you had to move. I remember talking to you one time and you said, I could not imagine getting stuck on the couch for like three days without working out. Yeah. So speaking of that, let's fast forward all the way to beginning of pandemic and looking at your Instagram account when we were kind of all stuck in quarantine and you were stuck out in California in an apartment at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how was that transition for you like mentally? What were you feeling and and how did you begin to kind of give back in your own way and incorporate fitness into not only your own personal life, but also your clients? Oh, God, I think it was such a wild time now that we're like a year out from it. Right. And to think about how we were all functioning and our nervous systems were functioning and how we were all adapting all at the same time and working from probably a place of of fear of the unknown because we sure. had no idea what was happening. But um, yeah, what had happened was I, I had been in a long distance relationship. It's part of the reason why I'm in California now. Yeah. Um, but I've been in a long distance relationship. And so at the beginning of the pandemic in, in March, you know, all my clients were freaking out and, and leaving town. And I was supposed to fly to California to visit my boyfriend at the time, um, who's now my fiance, but yes, my, yeah, thank you. You too. You too. <laughs> yes. But, um, yeah. And I was just like, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to fly from New York in a week from now. So I just hopped on a plane and went and went kind of right away and ended up being in California for the, the first month and a half of the pandemic. So, um, the transition was, it was, it was basically kind of just like, well, let's figure out how to bring what I normally bring with my clients, but do it via Zoom yeah. <laughs> or FaceTime. You know, there was a learning curve. It was like, okay, well, let's FaceTime and like, oh, that doesn't work with sound. Let's Zoom. Oh, I can't Zoom from my phone. I have to Zoom from my laptop or my computer in order to share music. It's like the whole, you know, there are many iterations of figuring out how to to bring what I do one-on-one -on -one with clients into a virtual setting. But yeah, a lot of give and take and a lot of pull there trying to figure out technology isn't necessarily our strong suit. <laughs> nope. Nope. <Yeah>. Definitely not. <laughs> and it's definitely have gotten better. Yeah. <laughs> and just figuring out what air, you know, what microphone works, what microphone works best. Do I use a mic or do I use my AirPods or do I use, you know, and how how do I make sure that the experience is still good on the other end? Yeah. Um, so that you're still providing a service that is, is as, as good, hopefully as what it would be in person. In person. Right. Because not only now did we need to work out more than ever to escape, to release energy, to release stress. Now we needed to do it because like it was even more essential. Like we needed oh. to, we needed to get up out of our desk in the same space, clear that room and then work out unless, unless you're living in like a big place but a lot of a lot of us were in a, you know in apartment settings at least that's most of us that we you know are friends with in the cities yeah 
our living room was TV time, was book time, was learning how to create whatever thing you were working on time, fitness space. You know, and then it is also just like, wow, I need to get out of this room. (laughs) Exactly. So I noticed that like we all, I felt like during that time, I'm not sure about you, but being in that apartment setting, I noticed that walks really became part of my self-care journey. Yeah. And just like going on those walks. And I think that there's just like so much to kind of like realize that you can get out of a walk. And I think a lot of us that have cars or live in non-metro cities aren't used to putting that into our daily practice. And I've been saying this even to my parents. I'm like, you you have to a, you have to like get a new space, but like you have to go on a, a walk. That's why you're having back problems. Yeah. Yeah. You have to move. You have to, I mean, and especially during the pandemic and during this time where we've been so isolated and can be, and we're all working from home. It is so important to just like clear, get a new energetic and in a new energetic headspace. Yeah. By, you know, um, with my clients, I was doing like a 10,000 steps a day challenge, which mm. it's all it does is just forces you to get outside and oh, step yeah. away from your computer. Well, because it's so easy, right? And and for us, like not yet, but we don't have kids and we're not, you know, working with them on their schooling inside. And we we don't have all these other distractions. Like my my dog forces me to take those walks. Yes. But like I have to mm. do that for her. But I also need it I realized I needed it for me if that makes sense yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah but so to kind of move and segue into the kids and being reliant on Emily and I have seen each other date over time and going through relationships and realizing what you actually want what you actually need over that time realizing the evolution of your own personal growth and if someone's willing to dive into that evolution with you like I think, I just think Alessandro and you are just gorgeous together. Like I remember meeting him the first time in New York at your birthday party, I think was like the first in person. And I had spent a couple birthdays with you in the past, but just like so engaged, so in tune, wanted to know everything about anyone and everyone because you could just tell that he knew that you cared about X, Y, and Z people that were there. So he wanted to feel invested in that relationship. Yeah. 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 And and I could see that as opposed to like, oh, these are all my friends, you know, like, and I'm not saying that in a bad way, but I just think when we're younger, the boyfriend's like, okay, cool. Like I came here to see you. Like I haven't seen you in forever. And I felt like it was so important for him to like really understand and get to notice everyone. And I just wanted to say like, that was this level of comfortability for me, even as your friend to be like, oh yeah, I get it. Like, yeah, he's here. He's, he's in it to win it for the long haul. Oh, yeah. 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 I'll tell him you said that. <laughs> oh, please do. No, please do. Yeah. Emily gave me this phone call in, I want to say it's like October. We had like a little phone conversation, a catch up when I had moved back to Lancaster and you had officially moved out to California and you shared yeah. some really exciting news with me. <laughs> yes. That you were pregnant. <laughs> yes, I yeah. am. I was then and I still am. Yeah, you are, you are. So I wanted to talk to you about like, is like, I want to talk about pregnancy because a majority of my listeners are 
are female, but a majority of them are in those ages of like 28 to 34. So they either have kids or they're about to have kids or they're literally currently pregnant as well. So I wanted to kind of give and share some information that you're willing to expose here on the podcast today. And just starting with finding out, like, what was that? What was that journey like? Finding out, talking about it, sharing it with others. Like, how did that, how did that all come about? Yeah. Well, um, it was not, it wasn't, it was a surprise. It was a little whoopsie baby. And from what I've (laughs) called it before in the past, as as cheesy as that is, but, um, yeah, it was, it wasn't planned. So I didn't know for six and a half weeks, but essentially I, um, I know my body. So, you know, I was, I was like, I got to a point where I was like, there's either something wrong with me internally or, or I'm pregnant. Um, yeah, something is totally off. I could just, I could just feel it. Um, and yeah. And so it was, it wasn't the first thought in my mind because I was on the pill as well. So just like, it was definitely a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize Um, that. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, you know, once I kind of figured out like something is going on with my body, we were just like, let's take a test. And we took a test and it definitely took like a little while to process, you know, because it wasn't like, it wasn't like we were trying and it was like, oh my God, we're expecting it. It was a little, it was more of a surprise. Um, so we took a few days to just like, let it sink in. And, you know, we had discussed having kids before, um, it was something that we wanted to do maybe in like a year's time, but the yeah. time was now. So it was kind of like, well, we want to be parents together anyway. And this is, this is what's our life. This is what's meant to be. Exactly. And that's really the mentality of that. I have a lot of friends too, who either got their wedding date pushed back due to pandemic yeah, or they feel like they're, they feel as if I'm waiting all these time for this wedding. Like, should I go down this path of, of like checking, you know, trying now, like, how do we gauge that? And a a big thing that I had heard and have listened about lately, which obviously this is not in my budget and I don't know if it is for anyone that's listening, but like freezing your eggs or, or doing, you know, the little, the little, like putting the putting the little two together and already having everything ready and prepped for whenever you do want to be pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And thinking about that in the sense of like you said, didn't think it was going to happen now, but noticing like, well, we do want to have this. Mm -hmm. And what if, what if it were, we were to move past this now and then try to have later and, and not be able to conceive was, was that part of the conversation at all? That was definitely part of the conversation. Yeah. And essentially it's like, I'm, I just turned 36, but I was 35 at the time. He's 34. We both knew that we were, we were with the right person. And, um, I think part of my, my, why it took me a while to process was because I was going through so much change at the time. Like one, the whole world was in the middle of a pandemic Two, I had just moved across the country. I had left New York city where I had an established life and career and was in a new city at the, at the, in a pandemic when a city's closed down, it's very bizarre time to move to, I'm in San Francisco. I don't even know if we said that, but I'm in, um, 
the Bay Area now. So uh, it was just a lot of change. And I was like, wow. And then to also step into motherhood with my partner where this is the first time we're not long distance and we're actually physically like in the same space and city. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot. It's just a lot of change at once. Oh yeah. But, but yeah, I think, I think exactly. It was like, well, this is something that we want. It is sooner than we had talked about or planned, but it, you know, you can't plan all life. <laughs> You really, yeah, yeah, you can't plan, well, you can't plan a life or your life to an extent too, right? Like we all thought we were down a specific path and then like, I'm sorry, there's this huge massive pandemic happening. So wherever you're doing, you're on hold. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I, I think that that speaks a lot too. And one of the big things too, right? I see this all the time. What I feel that I've experienced is like, we're the first generation to come from families of divorce. And what I've noticed is, I don't know if it's just the age and the time and we just want to experience life a little bit more or we're more nervous to get married because we watched unsuccessful marriages with our parents. But I feel like we've all waited a little bit longer overall to like get married or to have kids. Because I kept saying this, like when we were even planning our wedding, I was like, a lot of my friends aren't really married yet or even have a partner. Yeah. Also, it depends. I feel like um, we, we've also lived in cities, big cities sure. where the career has been like the driven point of focus. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's interesting. It's just interesting, like different mentality shifts. And I, I have an array of, of friends and I know you do too. Like, I mean, some of my friends have been married and have two kids, you know, and, and others though, like our older than myself and still single and like, you know, just navigating through life. But like their careers, like you said, are like, they're nailing it there. Yeah. So it's interesting. I don't think there is a true comparison though. We all sit here and you constantly have to remind yourself of that too. Like comparison is the thief of joy. Ooh. Yeah. And 100%. be so grateful for what is happening. So yeah. I'm just excited to see where that this whole journey takes you. So when are you, when do you do? Let's tell everyone when you're due. I'm due April 25th. So I'm so. 34 weeks pregnant today. Yeah. And you've already checked the sex. Did you guys want to check the sex? Yeah. So we decided that we did want to find out the sex. Um, we waited until 20 weeks. They can now test just, they can find out through your blood tests a lot sooner. So you can find out in the first trimester, but we waited until about 20 weeks and it was actually acute. Um, I had the, the nurse at the practice I was, I was going to the OB that I was with, um, basically like just type it out on a piece of paper so that we could like be at home together. And, um, cause he, because of the pandemic, he hasn't been able to come to any of my ultrasounds or any of my appointments. Oh God. Yeah. That must be hard to navigate that. Like to not be able to share the heartbeat experience. Do you, are you allowed to FaceTime in there? Yeah. We have FaceTimed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's definitely not the same, but you know, um, but anyway, so the nurse had actually printed it out on a piece of paper and we just, uh, we picked a night where we were just laying in bed and we decided to open it and we're having a girl. Yay. So I'm yeah. So excited for you. And then we're having a little girl, which is very exciting. You know, it's so funny because we just had a baby shower 
yesterday a virtual baby shower where um everyone had to come up with like three names they were given a letter of the alphabet and they had to come up with three names because she's not named yet we're coming up with with three that okay. we're going to have and then once she's born we'll decide what fits her I love that. I was going to say, like, you'll just know, like, you'll see her and be like, I feel like she's a blank. She's blank. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. So we'll go in with three solid options and then. Oh, sure. I go. Yeah. So what has been the, hmm, this is probably like a laundry list, but like what has been <laughs> the best part of being pregnant and what has been the absolute worst part of being pregnant? Oh my gosh. I think, I think. The best part has been just understanding the capacity in which and how powerful our bodies are, like mm -hmm. as women, like reading from stage to stage and what has happening from week to week internally as you're literally incubating and creating a, a human, yeah. um, having insane, two, right? two heartbeats. Yeah, it's been such a learning experience and, and has given me such appreciation for my body. Um, yeah. yeah. And honestly feeling her kick feels it's like, it's a very hard sensation to describe. And it's, it's also just really reassuring. Uh, and I feel it all the time now, but that's definitely been kind of like the coolest thing. Some of the coolest. Yeah. 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 Um, and then for the worst ones, what's been the hardest did you have, were you like a very, were you very nauseous, like first trimester or were, did you have like some weird, insane cravings? The worst has been like just all the side effects that no one seems to talk about. I do think that pregnancy is more difficult than, you know, than we talk about at this point in time. It's sure. starting to be more shared. You know, there's heartburn that happens all the time. There's like you're constipated. There's UTIs and yeast infections that are more common. There's like yeah. a whole array of symptoms that I had no idea. Um, and you, and I don't, I've had, you know, relatively a pretty good pregnancy. Um, I'm still moving my body and, uh, you know, I haven't had a whole lot of physical ailments, but there is definitely a laundry list of symptoms that you're like, Oh, I would have never thought that that was a thing. That is a thing. I've always talked about pooping quite a bit. <laughs> I always feel like, <laughs> like it is so bad when you're constipated and like you're just yeah. like everybody poops. That book is like one of my favorite poops. Uh, poops. One of my favorite what? books. <laughs> I used to keep it on the on the stand in like one of my old apartments. I think when it, back when I used to live in Florida. Um, yeah. And I just like I love that because I was just I just wanted to make sure that in case anybody was at my apartment and it was happening then that I was like, it's cool. Like, don't worry about it. But here's a match just in case. <laughs> it's yeah, hard, you though. take it for granted if you're regular. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's really interesting because I think it is it's 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 constantly adapting. So and I am a dancer. I am I use my body for a living. So uh, I'm just I notice everything and all the right. differences in my body and then and then like it's been such a practice of self-love and self-acceptance and, um, and self-care, like self-care as pregnancy has made me slow down in a way that I am not used to slowing down. Oh, no. And I have rituals that, you know, like I put on belly butter every day and it's, I've like created these rituals of just taking care of my body and my skin and, um, the soothing self, you know, self-soothing rituals. Do you have, um, 
any recommendations of certain products you love to use during your pregnancy time that you'd be willing to share? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, Herbavina is the name of, um, uh, belly butter that is amazing and they have an oat bath. So, uh, that's a product that I've really loved. And then I think the other one is mama earth and they have some really nice products as well, but belly butter has been amazing. I have no stretch marks or anything, um, so far. And it's, it's been just a really nice ritual to one to connect with my body and like my belly and yeah. And, uh, to take care of my skin in the process. Oh, absolutely. And, and speaking of that too. So like you're talking about the self-love for your own body and like what it can do. Listen, I, I mean, Emily has literally always had a six pack, like ever since I've known you. So I can only imagine what that must've felt like for you when you started the process of that. Cause that's like one of the big things, like I talk about a lot of performers and dancers. And one thing that I always noticed with you, at least through your Instagram, it just always seems like you're glowing. Like you're one of those pregnant unicorns that everyone's like, she just is always glowing, <laughs> but really it's, sweet. it's hard though. Like I yeah. can only imagine the beginning when it's like, you're not quite at the stage where people can tell you're pregnant yet. Mm-hmm. but you're starting to get that bump. And like, so what went through your mind at that time? I mean, obviously you knew you were, but like, was there any like insecurities or moments there where you were like, God, like I need to like get over this hurdle. Yeah. Oh my God. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we're people who have used our bodies. We come from very vain. I mean, sadly, like vain industries. So, um, the process of like being accepting of my body as it expands, even though I know like logically, right. Yes. What's happening and why it's happening. It's still very hard to as like, Oh, my, my clothes don't fit anymore. Oh, my ass, my hips are, are a lot bigger too, mm-hmm. you know? And like, is my body, am I ever going to have the body that I had going into this, which is very, has also been really interesting because I've, um, I've like been revamping a website and I'm going back and looking at all these photos of myself prior to being pregnant. And I'm like, wow, why was I not satisfied then with how I was then? Yeah. So oh, that's I been a huge learning, learning curve for me too. Cause it's just like, it's, Girl, it's been a crazy. process of a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, but in that time, I don't think I saw that in myself. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do we really feel empowered in our body? Like whatever stage that is at. And this pregnancy has been um, a practice in that. And I don't think it's always been easy. I think it was very hard at first and it's, it's evolved for me. It's been something I've worked on. It's been something I've talked about in therapy. It's been, you know, um, it's been a process, but right at the end of the day, I think Um, and what I've heard too, is just like going through this whole process and going through labor and creating a child and having this human at the end of it, you know, my body will be what it'll be after that. It has been a, it's been a practice of self-acceptance. Oh my God. And I, I, I really can only imagine, like I was thinking about that in my head and I mean, as small as this, like definitely on a completely different scale, I have an IUD. I've talked about this a bunch of times. So an IUD is something that's clipped to your, if you don't know, it's something that's clipped to your cervix inside, inside your, your lady parts. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's a birth, it's a birth control. So when it first came out, it lasted up to five years. I've got it replaced twice at this point, once at this point, sorry. So I've got it inserted tw- uh, two different times and I get 
subconscious about getting it taken out now that I know that I am going to conceive with my future husband I get concerned I was like okay well I know when our wedding is but I don't want to get it taken out yet because I don't want to go back to having sex the regular way and I I mean I don't hate to say it like that but like I'm going to be totally honest I'm being I'm just being open about it and and thinking like what if my body shifts as I'm trying to get ready for this you know perfect day that I want to take these pictures of or what if I have a bunch of acne that I start to have to deal with and it's so crazy because no one else is thinking that stuff like it's literally just like it's all yeah. it's all us right so it's like I can relate even in the minor sense that I'm like so nervous to just get off my birth control because I have no idea what my body's going to look like after yeah and learning learning about that like you said being pregnant is such a gift I get so nervous that we're finally going to start to have try and have kids at 34 and I'm going to realize I have a shit ton of complications and I actually am going to have a lot of difficulty. Like that's my biggest fear. Yeah. And I know a lot of women feel that way. Like a lot of my friends oh my God. that are currently engaged in my age are feeling the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I also, I think I was even thinking about this the other day. Like I always had a fear of not being able to get pregnant before I was pregnant, you know? And I mean, I think as women, we just always will, especially if you know that you want kids, it's always kind of like a, an underlying fear that we possess. That want, yeah. It's hard though, when you're trying to navigate this career that unfortunately is so selfish, even the fitness world too, like whatever you're trying to go for in Manhattan, the reason why they say- Fitness world is the same <laughs> yeah, as like, yeah, musical you, theater and theater. I was like, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. It's literally not just about the stage. It's about every single career. Like everyone's out there gunning, gunning, gunning. So being so fixated on that, but still being human and being a female that wants to eventually one day be a mom, it's this weird, like this weird pendulum that you're constantly swinging. Like I'm doing all these wonderful things. I'm booking all these gigs, but like I still haven't met a partner and I'm still single. Like, or what? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So you see this, you see this happen often. So you have to appreciate the gifts when they're given to you. Like you, you so perfectly coined it. Expressing also like the difficulties or the body image issues that arise. It's like, what is happening inside of my body and what my body is doing is, is, is a miracle. It is kind of like so wild. And we've heard that said like our whole life, the miracle of childbirth. But then when you, when you read into exactly what is happening and how this is like being is created and our bodies just kind of do it. Yeah. Wild. Oh yeah. It is so wild. And moving into that day. So like, now with pandemic right now, like, will you be able, like, are you going to both be able to be in the room when you're, when you're, yeah. Okay. Yes. Great. I know that there were a couple of women that couldn't at first, um, they were doing, I the couldn't have their, their partner own. there. They were doing the birth on their own. Yeah. In the beginning, wow. like the first, yeah. a couple of my friends told me that some of their friends had within like March, April, and maybe some of May, like had to do it on their own. I was like, I would have screamed because I wouldn't have had anyone to like yell at saying, you did this to me. <laughs> yeah, that is so hard. I, yeah, I, I'm very grateful that we'll both be there. Yeah. And what's your birth plan? What I've learned also about like the perfect birth plan is just don't, it don't get too attached to anything. <laughs> 
I love that. Thank you for saying yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I, my birth plan is to go as long as I can to labor at home for as long as I can. I have a doula. So I'm really looking forward to that. Okay. Um, assistance and, uh, emotional support throughout the whole process. But, uh, the plan is to labor as long as I can at home and then go to the hospital and, and, and labor as long as I can unmedicated. Um, if I find, you know, I'm going in as prepared as possible with pain, um, coping mechanisms, you know what I mean? Breath, certain breathing exercises and, uh, ways to cope with the pain essentially Yeah, as many ways as I can. And then, um, if I need an epidural, I'm going to, if I find that I need an epidural, I'm going to get, I'm going to get an epidural. Yeah. yeah. My girl. So the goal is to go as, yeah, yeah, as long as I can and, and to not also punish myself if I, if I decide to go that route. Sure. And, and my girlfriend told me like she was supposed to do an all natural birth and then she was, and, and as she coined it, I am woman, hear me roar. <laughs> like, and then everything happened and she ended up having to have a c-section and like the epidural like she had everything I was like so medicated she was like she's like c-sections are fucking bullshit but like that's just what she had to go through you know what I mean it's like yeah. like you said being being a chameleon which I think you do so beautifully in life but like being a chameleon on that day and just understanding just like the birth itself or the, the you know the the act itself and the the planning and the not planning is like we just have to be adaptable to what what the cards are given yeah exactly and and not um because I think a lot of guilt is associated with how you intended it to go and if it doesn't go that way then you're not you're like failing or not like filling your womanhood or whatever it, it might be that you find you know I feel like there's a lot of guilt associated with that. So I think it's about letting go of letting it be whatever it is. And the most important thing is that um, the baby comes out safely and sure. I'm healthy. You know what I mean? And that that is essentially what matters. Absolutely. Have the hormones taken over? Have you noticed like, like this is pregnancy speaking or have, has there been any like, get like, I can only imagine how heightened some of my energy levels are going to be. <laughs> And we're both water signs too. So we're definitely like very emotional to begin with. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, in the first trimester, I felt very up and down emotionally. And it second trimester for me personally was like, I felt like myself, my body was changing, but I felt very much myself emotionally, energetically, um, physically, I could still continue to move my body as I was used to. Uh, and then in the third, third trimester, i definitely felt, I mean, you're, you are just naturally more hormonal. Sure. <laughs> so naturally. you're going to be a little more up and down. I'd be aggravated or irritated, more easily agitated, um, or emotional, like, uh, crying at, about everything, silly little things. Yeah. I'm literally like, not even just the Pixar film, like the trash is full, <laughs> like losing it. Yes. Yeah. True. And that, that can happen. Has there been any books along the way that you would highly recommend to someone if they were pregnant, like that you were referring to earlier? Yes. Uh, Expecting Better by Emily Oster okay. is a really great book. It's really based on research and it goes deeply into like all the restrictions, like things you can eat, can't eat. Um, and kind of empowers you to choose what's right for you. There are definitely things that you should stay away from, but I think that 
that especially in America, we get very fixated on all these rules and, um, you know, so she kind of breaks that, that down and puts you in a place where you can feel more empowered to choose what you feel safe doing and not doing. That makes sense. Yeah. So, um, that was one that I highly recommend. Becoming Mama is another one uh, written by Midwife. And uh, she definitely goes through the breakdown of each week and what's happening internally in your body on a scientific level, but also uh, gives you a lot of um, prompts to discuss with your partner and or meditations you can do to kind of make sure that you're that you're staying embodied and in your own body during the process of pregnancy um but you also understand what's happening internally uh yeah so that was another one um i haven't i haven't read this one but my doula just gave it to me it's called nurture which is also very similar to becoming mama okay Um, yeah so that's another one very cool. I love all those. Those are, they sound like great recommendations. And, and speaking of this like guilt that we were talking about too, like to kind of just refer back to that when you go into like being pregnant, one of the biggest things I said is like when I would go to different friends events and I, though I'm not a mom yet and I'm just need to take my own advice is don't be afraid to allow that no guilt factor like trickle into when you're a mom and you're like I just need you to take the baby and I need to go lock myself in a closet and cry for a minute or like and having and and not feeling guilty about that like that's something that I see all the time and it's like we can't be afraid to like ask for help or to like not I don't want to say like scream in public when we need to but like not getting to that point and I think a massive part of that it has to do with self-care but self-care is also asking to take that 10 minute break so noticing during this time for you what has been like other than your your rituals of like rubbing the pro- like rubbing the cream on your belly every day and stuff like that have you had like a massive self-care thing that you've been really really adapting to ah uh, i think boundaries saying no taking care of my energy um cuz i'm you know used to being a entrepreneur working for myself or came from New York city where it's go, go, go all the time. And and it's like, Oh, actually I'm going to place some, some strong boundaries around protecting my own energy. So not doing too much and allowing that to be okay. Right. Okay. With that. Yeah. And thinking like, and back in the day too, I was thinking how, when, when women weren't in the workforce, like it wasn't even that long ago, but when women weren't in the workforce, it was like, you're pregnant, like you're bedridden. Right. Yeah. So thinking on like you being not only a woman that's still working, but like a fitness instructor on top of that. So how has that been adaptable? And then what was that like transitioning, like within your company and, and sharing like, Hey, by the way, I'm, I'm pregnant. Yeah. Um, I think it has been something that I had fear around figuring out because it was like, oh, well, how do I do this? And how much time do I take off? And do I jump right back into it? You know, after I'm cleared after six weeks, after I have the baby, you know? So, um, I think that, uh, it's been a process of figuring it out as I go along. Um, but telling everyone was, I mean, was great because everyone has just had the most 
support. you know, support. Yeah. I felt, I felt very supported and very loved, which I'm super grateful for. And, um, and I have slowed down a lot. I've stopped teaching classes live. I'm just working one-on-one -on -one with clients. I've shifted the way that I train and move with people. I'm used to moving, um, and doing a lot of the workout with yeah. people that I train. So, uh, I've definitely just, it's been such practice of listening to my body and honoring my body where it's at. Yeah. Uh, and figuring out how to use my voice and instruct, um, in a different way. Which we all kind of had to do with zoom in the first place too. So it was like a nice, nice, like stepping stone and in, in maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And just seeing less clients. Yeah. Um, like you, you said, saying no. Mm -hmm. And, and for you, who's by the way, like Emily's a beast. Like she can do so much with her body physically and, and her endurance is so high. So for you, what has been your main source of fitness now? Like what are things that you, like you said, body acceptance. And I'm sure there were things that you're like, oh, wow. Like can't do this many pushups anymore. Can't do. No. So, so what, yeah. Like, have you been, have you been stretching more? Have you been walking more? Like what has been more your form of fitness now being pregnant? Yeah, definitely walking more. Like I was saying, I was doing that 10,000 steps a day challenge and um, I'm still doing cardio. I love cardio. I love how it makes me feel. So, uh, um, but I do, um, I only do what I can yeah. and, you know, and I, my body will feel differently on certain days. Um, so it's, it's been such a process of really listening deeply mm -hmm. listening to what's going on inside of me. And, um, but I'll still, you know, do jumping jacks and, but some days I will do a full jumping jack and other days I just modify. So, yeah. um, it really just depends on the day, but I've continued to do high intensity interval training, but it's Love just that. lower, lower intensity. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also I'll, I'll my body will tell me if I need to rest mm -hmm. and take and a it's bath like, and, it's like a and different... not move. We, one thing that you would say all the time, so Emily worked for a company by created by Taryn Toomey called The Class, and it was the first time I think I saw Emily in this, like, different element of her teacher voice. And, like, every time I took class with her, like, I got chills and – Though it's it's so interesting, right? Like I have my friends even who are my my friends that I chat with on a weekly basis, but also listen to my podcast. And they're like, your podcast version is like a totally different version of you than like hanging out with you. Uh -huh. And yeah. and I felt like that's how Emily was in the class all the time. It was like she was in this element of joy and love for yourself. But she would say like, if you can, if you're stopping right now, ask yourself why. Are you stopping because you don't think you can make it through? Because you can. Or do you actually need to take take a moment and, like you said, say no or realize, like, my body can't do this right now? I, I always found so much power in that. Yeah, so much of that method. And that method has been a huge part of my healing and, and um, a huge part of my life and transformation. So much of it is understanding and witnessing your mind and where it's at in discomfort. Absolutely. So, And one, one hand to the heart and one hand to the now belly baby, baby belly. Yeah. Yeah. So what, I mean, I can only, I can only imagine how wonderful it's going to be moving forward into the next step and knowing you, I can see you probably already have like an idea of, you know, your fitness plan right after or whatever. Cause I, I mean, I just feel like that's, that's your energy. I've watched you 
working with the clients and everything like that. So I think you've always had this wonderful array of taking care of yourself, whether it be through through food. I mean, don't get me wrong. Emily and I can down several bottles of wine in one evening (laughs) and have done it way too many times. But we both are big, massive foodies. Mm -hmm. One thing I always like, I'll always tell people that I'm like, I love food. And a lot of people that aren't, you know, that are, are not, not on the smaller side or whatever will say, well, what is that? How? But I do, I love food, but there's, there's gotta be boundaries with it. It's the same thing with anything else. It's all about balance. Yeah. What have been your cravings during this time? Ah, yeah. At first, honestly, as we're talking about eating healthy at first, I was craving sugar. Really? Which, yeah, which is an old wives tale. If you're having a girl, they say you crave sugar more frequently, but yeah, I just, and also just fruit. I wanted fruit. I wanted citrus. I wanted like oranges all the time. I was obsessed with cucumbers and also with like sour patch kids and gummy, like gummy oh my God, candy. <laughs> You're like, I want like the kids section candy, candy. Yeah. I want like, I want fake sugar, uh, yeah. you know, like just straight up sugar. Um, and then I had to kind of like pull myself back from, from that. But I've also craved a lot of broths, like a lot of bone broth and, um, sweet potatoes and just good whole foods, um, that feel really grounding in my body, like quinoa. Yeah. I cook quinoa and my Faro in bone broth, like one of my favorites. Love that. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. So great way to get some. I don't, I don't do that. I don't do that enough, but I should. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really tasty. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Emily, I love all this. Once you move into like a partnership with someone is you come first, but you also have to make decisions, including someone else. But now you're going to be responsible for another human. Yeah. So yep. we will. And we are both <laughs> being geared up for that, right? <laughs> yeah. Being geared up for that. And I, I don't know that, you know, we've taken a bunch of courses and we've had a lot of discussions and essentially like we're just going to be figuring out it out as we go along like as much preparation you can do it's the same thing with labor I think it's like you can do all this research and all this preparation and have an idea of how it's going to go but you really have no idea but isn't that's the truth (laughs) until you're in it everyone's figuring it out like there are times I remember even chatting like with my parents about certain things about things that they did and it was like you know, how, how dare I put them on the spot for that stuff, but it is stuff that affected my life. But at the same point, like they were just fucking figuring it out. And I think we always are like, so we have to not, like you said, have that guilt and just kind of go through the motions and take life as it comes and try to do your best and, and get through it and talk through it. I think it's great that you're seeing a therapist too and talking through that stuff. Totally. And I think that like your partnership is really, really important important to go into it uh, and to have discussions with how how you want to parent. Actually, this was something that we had discussed when we first found out we were pregnant. We basically found all these lists. Um, I think we just Googled like tough conversations to have with your partner when planning on having a kid or when, when, you know, raising a baby. And we went through all these questionnaires and just kind of talked to each other about where we stood on, on different topics and issues or things that might come up. Um, to make sure that we're one, able to openly discuss those things. And then two, where where do we stand on things? And are we similarly 
minded about yeah. how it would discipline or, you know, what are his strengths going to be in this and my strengths and like, how can we combine them? Um, so that was actually very helpful. Yeah. It sounds to like just massive have hard communications. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To talk about things that, that sometimes you don't, you don't talk about until you're like, Oh, I'm raising a child with this, with someone. And I think in this, in this era too, we're talking to our partners a lot. I hope, and I feel like we're talking a lot more about our feelings and why and having those conversations. And in, let me rephrase even to encouraging having that communication be a big factor instead of this untalked about thing. Like you yeah. see, you see older generation couples, you know, that are at the end, they're, you know, in their late 80s or early 90s and just kind of recognizing, you know, well, what's the secret? is there a secret? And I think what I'm learning more now with our generation is just like constantly being there, overly communicating sometimes. Yeah. And talking about things that are hard to talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there, and when you feel like you found it, like I, I personally feel like I could talk to Doug about anything, bad, good, ugly, gorgeous, whatever. Yeah. And, and being able to be vulnerable and hold space for one another. Exactly. Oh, I, I love all the, the information and the tips that you gave us and everything. Now, if someone is curious about following you or where would they find you and what, is there anything you have next up that you'd like to share with us today? Um, yeah, you can find me at uh, empower by m.com. My website is currently being revamped, so it's not up right now, but that will be up there. And um, on Instagram at Emily Christine Mara, it's just my full name at Emily Christine Mara. And then I'll announce when the, when the website is being fully launched. And then I'll, I'll, I'll be taking a little bit of time off while I have a, a baby, but I will be back with live classes and um, monthly challenges for people to participate in. And um, yeah, I have a whole goal setting program uh, that is also being released with this website. So setting monthly goals that have to do with your nutrition and your uh, movement with nutrition, with movement and mindfulness. So um, those are some things that are coming up. That'll be really exciting. Oh, I love all that. And you need to take all that time. Just soak up your little, your little new one and be present. Just yeah. Be present. Yeah. It's so important and it goes by so fast. And it's time that you won't get back. So that's definitely, yeah. Yeah. It's important to just, just be. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing all of your wisdom that you've learned over the past eight months. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a learning process at a time for sure. And then we'll to continue evolve. to be right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, wonderful. Thanks. Um, so good to see you, Stas. Thanks for tuning into today's episode on the luxury of self-care. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to this channel on Apple Podcast or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening on. If you are on Apple Podcast and have a brief moment to leave me a five-star rating and a review, it truly helps me grow the show organically. I love hearing from you. In addition, you can find me and all updates on the show on Instagram at rumor underscore in underscore St. Petersburg. Yep, just like the universal film Anastasia 
or like the Facebook page entitled The Luxury of Self-Care. If you would like to support this show, do not hesitate to reach out. Your small donation really helps me keep up the sustainability of each episode and all the marketing that goes into this show. Lastly, I just wanted to thank you so much for all of your love and all of your support. And as always, for tuning in.